This is SFNet Presents In The Know with host Barry Bobro, sponsored by Hilco Global. Well, welcome to the next episode of the In The Know podcast. I'm your host, Barry Bobro. My guest today is a good friend of mine. Uh, we own houses near each other in two different locations, but more importantly than any of that, Gary is the uh, Gary Michelle is the uh, former C- CEO and chairman of Geldwin Holdings. He's a former member of the executive team at Ingersoll Rand, and he's a current board member of Cooper Tire. Gary's here to talk today about uh, building products, uh, consumer demand, housing, uh, and and anything in between. And I, I think uh, I think you'll enjoy the discussion. So let's bring Gary on. Hey, Gary, Hello. thanks for joining today. Hey, Barry, thank you for having me. Yeah, Gary, before we move the, the you've had a you've had a number of, of jobs, and my the favorite job you had uh, was when you were part of Ingersoll Rand when you were the uh, CEO of Club Car, and uh, <laughs> we don't have to get into that too much, but that was a very cool job uh, based in Augusta, Georgia, and uh, I, I never properly thanked you for helping me get into the Masters that year. Well, I am glad we, glad you were able to come, and uh, it certainly was a cool job. Um, you. You know, one of my favorite things about that job was visiting our customers. Uh, you know, I was required to go to a lot of golf courses and a lot of great, great venues. Yeah. So uh, certainly enjoyed it. Had a great product, too. So, um, hey, Gary, we're, we're going to really here to talk about uh, housing, building products, supply chain. Let's let's start with um, with the housing market, uh, something that you you follow and have followed very closely because it's a it's a key driver of so much of the business you've been doing for the last number of years. What are you seeing? Talk about the housing market. Do you, you know, things have cooled down a bit. Do you think that what are the key drivers of current activity? Well, I think there's been uh, been a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of good activity in the housing market for the last several years. In fact, even this year, we've seen house housing prices uh, uh, rise pretty incredibly all the way through the year with the first real um, uh, change in pricing uh, going down. It was was really not until August. Uh, but even with housing prices uh, coming down a little bit in August, we're still going to see housing prices in, uh, in, in 2022 up about 8% for the year um, mm-hmm. and still up 40% uh, since 2020. So still a very, very uh, expensive <laughs> uh, uh, marketplace. Um, we are seeing a little bit of uh, moderation, though, in, um, in, in, on the demand side, I think. Um, some of that uh, we've seen through the the numbers that uh, the Mortgage Bankers Association puts out on uh, on new mortgage applications, which have been uh, really slowing down here the last couple of months. Um, but interestingly, the September number for, or excuse me, October number for pricing um, that was just released uh, shows that housing prices picked up a little bit um, again. So uh, we're going to see. Uh, you know, we're going to see that supply and demand uh, kind of working out there, but people are um, still making some decisions. We'll talk a little bit more about the housing market uh, here in a minute, but um, um, I, I think that uh, the moderation has started, um, but uh, but it's not uh, not a complete shutdown. Talk, talk a little bit about more of a long term perspective, because I think what you're going to tell us is that there is still a, a pretty chronic housing shortage. That's a, that's a key driver. No, there absolutely is. In the in the U.S., we have a housing shortage. Uh, some people say it's around 3.8 million uh, units, um, including multifamily. Um, you know, it's uh, it, it's something that we've been trying to uh, I don't dig out uh, or or accommodate for for the last probably 10 to 12 years, and uh, it's something that is keeping that 
uh, housing market component of, of the economy uh, fairly stable, even as you know we might see other things slow down. Yeah. So, so do you then, when, from a, if you were a manufacturer, uh, do you, what do you, what are you seeing in your? Is it is it affecting current production? Do you, are you changing your forecast? How are you adjusting to to the to the what's going on in the broader economy? Well, I think what you've seen is, uh, you know, as a manufacturer, you would see, um, you know, some moderation in what's been going in. You know, the, the, the drivers of the housing market um, and, and that, that, that underbuilt piece is, uh, you know, higher population, household creations um, and construction shortages. So, you know, one of the limiting factors has been the ability to get labor, the ability to get all mm-hmm. of the supply chain working together in order to get homes built. Um, even with a moderation this year in, um, in, uh, in, in, in housing demand, uh, you're still going to see about a million and a half to a million, uh, 1.5 to 1.6 million housing starts uh, in 2022, which is still a very strong market. Mm-hmm. Very so healthy even number. If it were, you know, we, even if it were to, to slow down a little bit on the demand side, the fact is, I, I believe you're going to still see um, you know, that that pent up demand or that that underbuilt um, a, a piece of it still carry through. And it's really going to be driven on the supply chain's ability to to build through mm-hmm. and uh, and get labor to actually uh, build those units going forward. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you think that there's a change in the mix of the types of houses based on higher interest rates, uh, inflation impact on on, on, the, on the overall cost? Absolutely. I think there is. There's um, you know, when you think about how people buy new homes in particular or buy you know, uh, uh, or, or, or even uh, move into uh, to change homes, um, the, the, the really the, the real driver is the monthly payment. You know, no people don't really buy rates. They buy the monthly payment. Mm-hmm. And it's what they compare it to. Um, so I, I like to talk about what's really driving the underlying uh, market today, new, new market today is uh, I call it the three M's, migration, move up, and move out. Um, in, in the terms of the migration piece of the market, people are, are still moving from higher cost areas to lower cost areas. So when they're looking at um, uh, what it costs them to, to get a similar house or even a, a move up house um, in a lower cost area, they're still looking at that payment and they're saying, you know, it still makes sense. Even, even if interest rates are slightly higher, the payment is still about the same uh, for what I'm, what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. That move up piece of the market is where people are trying to stay in the same location um, and, and maybe move up um, to, a, to a bigger house or more amenities or different location within a same market. That's a little harder right now. Um, because um, you don't have the uh, that arbitrage between what I'm paying and, and what I can get. It's truly going to move up. And and that tends to lead, if they can even find a home to buy, if they can't find a home to buy, that tends to lead to, to more high-ticket item repair and remodel, mm-hmm. uh, which is still uh, you know an area that uh, that's interesting to uh, building products manufacturers. Um, the move-out piece, uh, I think, is still vibrant as well, which is you know rents are going up. And have gone up quite a bit. When you compare that to what you can get for a mortgage uh, these days, people are making that decision um, to, to move out of rentals and into homes. Where, there, where we're not seeing uh, a lot of demand at this point is, is first time those first time mm-hmm. um, starter homes. Um, you know, that's a, that's a uh, there's a, a kind of a, 
a, a difference in what the starter home looks like, or at least what I'm hearing about, is as you move out of those apartments with their amenities and all the things people have gotten used to, they're looking at a starter home that's got some more amenities in it. The finishes are a little bit different, um, and, uh, and some of the community amenities might be a little bit different to model more of what uh, they've been used to renting. Interesting. And uh, so I think there's a category in there that's going to be a little bit more interesting. But, you know, full, real starter homes and those move up homes, that's probably the area that we're going to see um, uh, slow down the fastest. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. The most economically sensitive population. So but overall, it sounds like you're, you're actually pretty positive, uh, maybe off the peak, but still plenty of uh, pent up demand and and, uh, and and businesses feel like they're they can still uh, expect a pretty good level of activity. Yeah, I think so. Even in a slowdown, you still got enough underbuilt, uh, enough underbuilt that you've got uh, you've got at least some stability. Even if if those housing starts were to drop a little bit over the next uh, you know next year or so, mm -hmm. um, still well over a million. Mm -hmm. Gary, you, you talked about supply chain, uh, and I actually had a whole uh, podcast. The last episode was on supply chain issues, but talk about it from the perspective of building products and and home builders. What have been the key issues impacting uh, that sector from a supply chain standpoint over the last couple of years? Well, I think it's it's kind of been a whole rota, right? It depends on what the product's been at, at a particular time. Um, you know, there have been certain building products that have uh, had their time in the in the spotlight. Um, uh, Lumber over prices, time. yeah. And and a lot of them have had to do with you know what what you know, how stretched out was the was the uh, the supply chain to begin with you know a lot of building products are are regional in in nature um, anyway um, they happen to be sourced uh, very very close to where uh, where they're supplied it's the longer lead the longer uh, extended uh, supply chains mm -hmm. that have been the bigger problems you know without getting into specific commodities at a particular time. Um, they've they've kind of all had their time in the shoot. What I'm hearing today is that the supply chain issues are are still recovering, but um, you know uh, certainly suppliers have 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 reduced the the cycle time, and um, and there's been obviously adaptation around uh, working around that. But labor shortage continues to be um, something that's plaguing not only building products, manufacturers, mm -hmm. uh, builders. Uh, but really almost every industry. And, um, and and that, you know, continues to affect the supply chain, obviously, as you need the people uh, involved in uh, making those products and delivering those products. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. um, the, the, uh, the discussion I got into in the last podcast was really short-term and long-term reaction to some of the supply chain issues. What do you, what do you, uh, what do you think happens in a little bit longer term perspective, do you think that people start moving production closer or is that just really hard to do given given the nature of the business? Yeah, I think, um, you know, in general, uh, we've seen the supply chain, you know, <laughs> the, the trend to, to lengthen and globalize those supply chains is kind of kind of moderated. People have been bringing things that call it onshoring or whatever you want um, has, has has happened and started to happen um, where it can. And uh, I think we see more trends towards that of sourcing product or at least having sources for product uh, in the same region that you manufacture and sell your product. Um, that seems to be the, the mantra today, uh, certainly of manufacturers uh, compared to the global supply chain mantra that we heard of, mm -hmm. you know, even, you know, even five or six years ago. 
Um, so I think you're going to see a lot more of that happening. Um, some of it already has, but there's a, it took, it took years or decades to, uh, mm-hmm. to, to globalize the supply yep. chain. It's probably going to take a long time to, uh, to, uh, to uh, reintegrate it back into a regional focus. Mm-hmm. There's so much focus on inflation right now. How does this sector, how do you think that the building products uh, industry is doing in terms of passing uh, higher costs through to the consumer? Where does the pricing power lie right now? In building well, products. I think I think for the most part, um, we've seen we saw a lot of the pricing passing through for a long period of time. Certainly, the last couple of years have been been very, very, uh, very favorable for uh, passing on the inflation. Um, but we're seeing rising costs moderating to some extent, and although they're moderating, it's still at a very high level. the The issue is becoming um, a little harder to pass pricing along. Uh, because certainly, you know, as prices moderate, people expect prices to go down for everything that they uh, they have, but they're they're really settled at a higher level. So there's maybe more stability at a higher level with a harder mm-hmm. opportunity to pass pricing on. Um, labor is still, as I said, a concern, and uh, that certainly drives price, and uh, and uh, is something that needs to be covered as well. Well, we're still, I think, operating under the threat of a of a of some sort of rail strike um it hasn't quite been put to bed yet uh how, how do you think how do you think that plays out if we have a disruption in rail or port operations well i think transportation in general has been an issue you know really through the pandemic and you know it, it has suffered from this labor availability on the trucking side um i think that's still a shortage and still a concern uh, it's still a high expense. So mm-hmm. uh, without rail in that process, the movement of goods even across the country is uh, is uh, you know becomes a, a, a deterrent and, and it's going to extend this the supply chain disruption that we've seen. Um, all of that unfortunately drives to drives inflation as well. Um, so the costs that we're already seeing on over the road freight, um, and the scarcity, quite frankly, of drivers and trucks to move that stuff is just going to be exacerbated with uh, with a shutdown of rail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Gary, you're on you're on a public company board. You've been on a on a few actually, uh, and I know you network a lot with other other CEOs. So, what are your what's the CEO community talking about right now? What are the top of mind issues as you as you uh, speak with your some of your your industry and and, and colleagues? I think most everybody I speak with is concerned about a recession, but there's a certain optimism about their own businesses um, that's still there. So a lot of people making the moves to be prepared, um, either through um, through people actions, layoffs, or you know if they haven't done that already, they're planning to, um, and certainly watching cost cutting. Um, is uh, is certainly on the top of the mind for for a lot of people that I'm talking with, um, but they're generally still upbeat about their own businesses and still using the opportunity to invest in their businesses, particularly around innovation and growth. Um, you got to think about the last few years. We've been through some unprecedented yep. envi- business environments. We've had a pandemic. We've had the supply chain issues that we've talked about, uh, labor issues, weather mm-hmm. in a lot of areas. Um, so this idea of um, you know looking ahead and and potentially seeing a recession looming or a slowdown for sure looming 
um, everybody seems to be wanting to be ahead of that and not waiting to react later. So, um, you know, I think the levers are being pulled uh, now. And uh, certainly everybody that I'm talking to is, is very, very concerned about that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Gary, um, uh, flipping from the, the public company CEO script, I just I wonder if you have any comments on, on private equity. A lot of the podcast audience uh, does a lot of business with the private equity world. And there has been a lot of uh, private equity uh, activity over time in building products. And now that we have some disruption and possibly, um, you know, stock prices dropping, I, I wonder whether you see opportunity or whether you think that there's interest in, in from a private equity standpoint in this space. Well, I think it's, uh, you know, it's an interesting question. There's a lot of deal opportunity out there. Um, you know, I do know that, uh, you know, the availability of capital has been an issue uh, for a short period of time. Uh, but there's still some great opportunities out there, particularly as, as things slow down and, and values get back into into line for a, a lot of the businesses uh, in this particular segment. Um, there are still opportunities within the channel, uh, the channel side of the equation, as well as in consolidation of some of the manufacturers and building products as well. Um, some of the you know, some of the, the, the areas still pose some great opportunities for for better efficiencies. A better scale, and mm -hmm. uh, and I think that when we look at um, you know kind of getting through you know this unprecedented period that we've been through, um, there are some companies that are winning and some that uh, that that are that that have some opportunities. And I think as you start looking at those, um, and, and you can make those combinations and you know come up with a pretty good investment thesis around consolidation in particular areas, both on the channel side, as I said, and on the manufacturing side. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, question I have for you, Barry, is you know, as uh, you know, as you think about lenders, um, you know, how should manufacturers or how do lenders be are thinking about manufacturers in this segment, and uh, you know, potential slowdowns or the changes in the markets? What uh, what are the things you guys are looking at? Yeah. Um, I mean, most of my experience is is in and around the the asset based financing directly, and you know, the nice thing about the format of those loans is that they the, the 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 availability rises and falls with working capital. So we've seen a huge run up in working capital uh, because of supply chain issues, because of high demand. And so uh, the lenders have actually been very bullish on the space. They've made very good returns on it. I, I think there's got to be coming into uh, economic headwinds. There's got to be elevated concern around building products, around anything that's housing related. Having said that, uh, uh, I think that I think the lenders will remain bullish on providing credit there. Uh, the, the broader markets, the cash flow market, whether it's high yield or institutional term loan market, I think is going to have a, a harder time because you're going to see uh, some of the some of the comparables in the space really gapping out in the secondary market, which means raising fresh capital will be will be higher harder. I I do think that the banks will will be cautious, but will be very eager to, to support their customers in this environment, which should make. I, I can't speak to the consolidation you were just mentioning earlier. I think that's that's a that that requires more than just a, a senior secured loan. But to the extent that lenders are being accommodative and supportive of their lenders, I, I think that they will be and and have always been in the space. It's 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 a space they're really familiar with. No, that's great. Thanks, thanks for that. Yeah, Gary, maybe we should just wrap up. I mean, you gotta. You got a better crystal ball than most in this sector. What do you think? Uh, Twelve months from now, when we when we do the repeat on this, what will we be talking about and looking back on? 
Oh, I don't know about crystal ball, better crystal ball, but uh, I, I think what I'm hearing, what I'm seeing is uh, certainly slow down. Um, we can see that, you know, a little bit in the housing, but just a shift as well in where it's happening. You know, the, the robust repair and remodel market will certainly slow down, even if um, housing pulls through a little bit. Um, I think we'll start to, you know, which is probably good for the supply chain uh, recovery. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but um, but uh, will certainly have an effect on prices um, and um, uh, sorry, on housing prices, but also, um, you know, maybe some moderation on uh, material costs as well, which is certainly a driver for why housing has uh, has gotten so expensive. Right. So I think when we look back, we'll we'll see that, um, you know, some prudent cost cutting now will pay off later uh, in performance of these companies. Um, but the um, the uh, you know little bit of a slowdown will probably help moderate and and uh, certainly help the uh, the supply chain issues um, that that we've been currently seeing. I hope you're right on all counts. I hope you're right that the supply chain moderates and that uh, that uh, whatever whatever downturn we see is not is 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 not as deep as some are forecasting. Just because there's still all that pent up demand. So, hey Gary, thanks so much for joining today. This has been really fun. We'll uh, we'll do it again soon. Thank you, Barry. Really appreciate it. Thanks again to Gary Michelle for joining me on the In the Know podcast. Uh, Gary has had a number of senior level positions in building products and consumer related companies uh, throughout his career, including most recently as chairman and CEO of Geldman Holding. Gary's got great perspective, both from a manufacturing and a marketing standpoint on all of the industries that he's worked in, as well as their respective supply chains. And he shared that with us uh, in the podcast. a couple of conclusions he came to. First of all, with respect to building products, the near-term slowdown is predictable based on all of the economic data, but Gary's perspective is that pricing and production levels are actually significantly elevated over the number last number of years. So a slowdown uh, will probably occur, but at, will remain at a very elevated level, and that's important for the production side, especially for anybody who listens to this podcast and wants to lend money into the building products industry. The key driver for that is that there still remains a significant shortage of housing in this country. Uh, it's systemic, it's not something that can be solved in the short run, and that uh, that it'll, it'll impact demand for some time to come uh, by putting a floor under, under the demand uh, drop-off. Uh, interest rates and supply chain issues may impact the size of homes and the location that consumers wish to buy in, but the focus uh, from a consumer standpoint is much more on the monthly cost than some of the other month macro factors that we hear about in the news every day, like interest rates so I uh, and, and, and labor markets. So I think his prediction overall uh, feels sound that adjustments are coming, but overall it's still a fairly healthy segment. Uh, Gary sees opportunity for all of the, the, the stronger companies to consolidate over time, to uh, to strengthen themselves by being aggressive right now uh, from, a, from a cost and, and supply chain standpoint. And he thinks that smart CEOs are, are doing that uh, as we speak. So... That's that's this episode. Uh, I'd like to thank SFNet for all of their continued support for the In the Know podcast. And I'd also like to, as I always try to, uh, thank Hilco Global for their support of the entire uh, In the Know podcast series. 